and all he's got in his hand is a hammer, and he just takes everyone out. And ah. that's very much the vibe I get from this. I really love this close quarters combat style that Casey has. So it's would you like, say it was hammer time? It was, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. I was sitting on that. I was like, ooh, do I I'm say I'm too it? legit for that. I'm not going <laughs> to. I guess I should quit. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do dudettes, and welcome to episode 61, I think, of Turtle Flakes Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Josh O'Rourke. Hey, good morning, everyone. Cowabunga. Uh, Cowabunga, man. So, uh, how's your week been, my friend? Not too bad. Just, uh, I've been fighting a cold for like five days, and I've just been telling myself I'm not sick. I'm not <laughs> sick. And my willpower sucks. Oh, it's, yeah. So, it's just, I'm slowly getting sicker and sicker, and uh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I, I, it seems like around right around this time every year, I always catch something. You know, whether it's uh, yeah. some from the students at school or you know the season changing. Um, we had a really really cool uh, day yesterday, and since then I've kind of had the sniffles and the sore throat and everything. But yeah, but man, I'll tell you, it's about my favorite time of the year though. I love it when the leaves are changing, and we're getting towards hockey season now. So. As a matter of fact, I just watched the World Cup of Hockey, which the, U- the United States did absolutely terrible this year, but <laughs> that's all right. That's all right, because I got to see some hockey on TV, and I know the Flyers play, I think, October 12th, so already uh, pre-ordered the NHL Center Ice, already got my season tickets for our local minor league hockey team, so I'm ready, man. <laughs> Flyers, whatever. Oh, take off. Don't you start. And, you know, I will take <laughs> off on a jet plane to go see the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, the on. only real hockey team Haven't America they won has. Enough? They, they, <laughs> they've won enough. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You can never win enough. Oh, you ever see somebody off. depressed because they keep winning? Uh, well, not offhand, but I'm sure yeah, somebody there has. It is. <laughs> yeah, just keep, you know, hold on to your Wayne Gretzky doll at night. And oh, just, okay, here we go. You know, just pray to the hockey guys to give the Flyers one more game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, well, you know, I'll tell you what, though. Hockey's pretty relevant because I love the cover of the comic we're going to be talking about today. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, this is, a good, this is a good issue. That's probably my favorite cover of the IDW series so far. I just love it. I love it. It's, it's kind of got the, almost the Friday the 13th vibe by the same time. Oh. It's right, right around hockey season. So, perfect. Yeah, this is one of the this is one of my favorite covers from the IDW series. Yeah, me too, me too for sure. So, Josh, have you got any turtle pickups over the last week or so? Yeah, you know what i i uh, I got two, and I kind of want to. I'm going to put in a request that we don't call it turtle pickups anymore, and it's just going to be called Josh defends himself for five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, because <laughs> I remember uh, was it the last episode or the one before? 
You're like, There's oh, like yeah, four I'm... episodes I've said, no, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. we're going to really calm down. It's uh, getting close to Christmas. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. Okay. So here, here's the defense. I bought the, um, let's see what they are here, because I can never remember the name of them, but they are the the new Ninja Turtle figures from Bandai, uh, which are based on the 88 cartoon. Oh, cool. And, yeah, they're really, really cool figures. I got the Leonardo and Donatello figure. They were released this month. Michelangelo and Raphael come out next month. But I had no, they were announced like July of 2015. So I had my pre-order on them for like a year. So I was, I just completely forgot that they were coming out this time of year. So as soon as I got them in the mail, I was like, I got some other stuff I have to cancel my pre-orders on, like the IDW comics that I was going to get that are coming out now that I just haven't gotten now. Uh, like the Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything and the Leatherhead volume. So uh, those are on the back burner for right now but because I really wanted these figures and uh, I had been waiting for them to come out forever. But I got the, uh, this is the Donatello figure. I know this plays great over radio. <laughs> but uh, Donatello and Leonardo, both of them have just amazing looking sculpts. They are incredibly accurate to the cartoon. I love the pizza accessory, too. Yeah, Donat- they each come with a certain accessory um, that is completely unique to them. Like, Donatello comes with a slice of pizza. Leonardo, for whatever reason, comes with a manhole cover. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Michelangelo and uh, Raphael come with yet. I will next month. Uh, but they have, they're incredibly poseable, um, double-jointed knees, they have articulation in the feet, like each individual toe will move. Um, uh, and they come with three sets of interchangeable hands, and they come with a second, uh, they come with an interchangeable head. So you have one of them smiling like a big cartoon idiot, and then you have <laughs> one of them just like grimacing and getting ready to fight. So you can make them look completely unique to however you want, you know. And they even come with interchangeable belts. So like the, the back of the belt will come off. And you can slide on another belt that has the weapon holster, or just you can have a belt with no holster on it. Wow, it's, no kidding. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I, I like them a lot. These are some really, they're heavy-duty figures, too. I mean, like, I swear to God, they feel like half plastic, half metal. Now, uh, how much were they a piece? They were $60 a piece. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, they, I mean, they look identical to the cartoon. I mean, they look great. Yeah, they, they are completely worth the money they really are they're 62 dollars each so which you know it's a video game it's yeah that's a game it's like were you gonna buy a game or whatnot and since i pre-ordered them i got a bit of a discount right so you know leave me alone i like turtle absolutely (laughs) yeah exactly i was about to say you know if if it's something we enjoy and hey technically we're on a ninja turtle podcast we got to talk about something we got to get the new thing you know like you that's the difference between you and I, I think. Like, you get, like, the, all the new comics, and I get as many of the new figures that I can. Oh, you're, yeah. You're, you're definitely more of the classic figure guy, and I'm the new figure guy. <laughs> that's great. See? There's balance to the force. Oh, wait. There that's, is. that's a different thing. But, uh... You take that back, sir. Uh, yep. Yeah, we're going to have to start up. We were, we were just talking right before the show. We're going to do a Resident Evil podcast one day. I've yeah. got feeling, uh, you know, Josh and I, we might have to do a Star Wars podcast one day. <laughs> yeah, we'll do... Because he's slowly uh, turning. He's slowly turning to the dark side. Yeah, Turtle Flakes presents Josh Ruins Star Wars. So. <laughs> but, you know, in, in preface to this, Josh, you know, on, on his show, Bargain Bitter Radio, I remember 
Josh was saying, oh, you know, like, I, I don't get Star Wars. I don't get it, blah, blah, blah. You know, I can't stand it. Yeah. But what you don't know, listeners, is about for a good 20 minutes before the show started, he started talking about all the books he enjoys that are Star Wars books. And he loves Boba Fett. So he's slowly turning. I can, I can feel a disturbance in the Force. And you know what? It's all dark side stuff, too, because I really like Boba Fett, and I've always liked Darth Vader. That's it. Like, everybody else is just kind of like, all right, well, whatever. That's fine. I guess you kind of <laughs> have to have them there. But, yeah, as far as me as turtle pickups, I um, I only have, of course, the comic we're going to talk about today and uh, Amazing Adventures, issue 14, which I've not read yet. Um, but, uh, yes, there's, I think, a good six or seven issues of Amazing Adventures I still haven't read yet. They're in my pile right now. I've, oh, okay. I've got two piles going on in the game room right now. I've got one pile of all the ones I've read recently and then another pile of all the ones I have to read. <laughs> so my to-do yeah. list. Yeah, I haven't gotten into Amazing Adventures yet. Well, they're they're definitely like since they rebooted it after the animated series, they're mm-hmm. in a way I think they're even more geared toward children. They're kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, even more than usual. So I'm having a harder time getting into it. Obviously, but it's not the, it's not the comics' fault. It's just they're they're more one offs. They're not really a continued storyline, whereas the main okay. I, I, main IDW series is. So you know, I, so I find, that's kind of like your tales of the TMNT right there. Yeah, in, in, in a way it is. In a way yeah. it is, but it's it's definitely more monster of the month kind of stuff, which okay. which is good. You know, I, I don't mind that, and mm-hmm. it has its own kind of charm to it. It's just uh, I, I find it a little bit harder. I'm not near as anxious to read those as I am the main run now. But yeah. here I am, a 30 year old adult, so I understand why. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to pick your battles, man. I mean, I'm still very slowly working my way through Volume Four. I think I've read like five issues of it, and I just haven't had the time to go yeah. back and read it. So oh, I've been, yeah. wa- I definitely want to. I've got most of the issues. I've got like the first twenty five issues. So yeah, you you got yeah you got most of it, and uh, once you get to I think issue ten or eleven. Uh, it really, I think, starts picking up, and you know, yeah. it's it's a shame that the series did not last as long as it, as it should have because I think I think it was a fantastic series. By the way, I saw some on eBay the other day. It was what issue was it? It's an issue with Casey Jones sitting at a table with the Utrams. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, where they're all drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That issue is going for ridiculous amounts of money now on eBay. Four hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh like yeah. The- I saw- I saw one for like eight. I was like, good oh, lord. Man. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, man. It's just one thing I will probably one thing I always will want to do is save up money and get the original first issue. Yeah. You know, I can I can understand somebody spending a grand on that because that's what it's worth. That's you the know? first, yeah. One to two grand. Because they only made three thousand issues. Yeah. So of course it's gonna be expensive. But like issue twenty eight of the fourth volume, it's just like that's I, I understand it was a it was a limited run as they all were the further along they went in the books, but it's just like no man I'm sorry you can't I I could never I I will never spend that much on a comic book. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know it, it's my my wife would kill me. I'm like, what? It's for the baby. Yeah. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I, that that's me. I can't I can't see myself doing that. It's just. Uh, I don't. First of all, I don't know if I'd ever be in the financial shape to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so, man. I don't, I don't think I'll ever be either. You know, it's just... but it just it just made me wonder why that issue because that's not the last one. Um, the last one is what issue thirty four or thirty three? Thirty two. Okay, and I have that one by the way, signed by Jim Lawson. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> you rub it in everyone's face, why don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, just to name drop and make me sound more important than I really am, 
Jim was the one. He he was the one who sent it to me. I didn't even ask for it. He he sent it along with um when I uh uh purchased the a walk through dinosaur land. He's like, oh yeah, I got another one of those uh, issue thirty twos. If you want one, I said, yeah, that'd be great. Not knowing, oh, I didn't even know how rare they were, and I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, originally when that issue came out, it was released online. That was it on yeah, Mirage's yeah. website, and then it wasn't until I think Comic Con of two thousand. 14 where they finally released a print version of it that's crazy yeah that's that's insane yeah oh oh and another thing that i saw so i don't have any more pickups but another thing that is really really cool i have a special announcement for turtle flakes the writer of tmnt universe the brand new series that's out now and um writer of the tmnt mutanimal series paul aller is going to be on our show it's confirmed i've reached out to him he said he'd like to do it so now we're just in the process of setting up a date so we'll finally have another interview we've not had one in quite some time yeah not since february you know i mean we joked around because it was the kevin eastman interview it's like okay we're done yeah <laughs> we don't need to interview anymore don't yeah we're good podcasting whatever we're done <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know we'll keep you guys posted on uh, exactly when that'll be, and maybe we can have you guys ask some questions if you have any regarding the new universe series or the turtles in general. So we yeah. will keep you updated there. Yeah, please let us know when Mutanimals is coming back. You know, yeah, <laughs> oh, do do a just. I, I appreciate what he's doing with the universe, but no, scrap that. Make Mutanimals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want we want another. We want more. Not to tell you what to do with your job, I'm sorry. Right, of course. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> awesome. Well, shall we get in the comic, my friend? Uh, real quickly, if you don't mind, um, I just wanted to announce that I uh, just published the uh, sixth part of my TMNT Punishment oh, storyline. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've not gotten to read it yet, but uh, yeah, I, I noticed that was out this week. Yeah, I put it out last night. I was going to put it out last week, uh, or this week. I was going to put it out on Monday, but we had some problems with our site. Our domain name expired, so we had to re uh, uh, we had to re up on that. So I had to wait for it to be approved. So I couldn't put it up until yesterday. So. Oh, okay, I got you. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and uh, listeners definitely check it out. It's awesome story so far. That that last one I read was fantastic. So yeah, and hopefully this one's just as good. I know I was gonna. Uh, introduce a couple new characters and or introduce a new character I should say and there's not to spoil anything there's a couple of big reveals that happen in this one so that I was gonna wait until later but I was just just excited to do it early (laughs) awesome awesome I can't wait to read it man hopefully I'll get to do that this weekend all right yeah I'd love to know what you think absolutely man all right guys well let's get into the comic hello violators You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Go ahead, Josh. Do your shtick. All right, my shtick. (laughs) Do that thing you do. Yeah, your gimmick. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Presents the IDW Mutation Station. Golly. You you need to be a radio announcer. (laughs) Uh, No joke, seriously, because, like, you never mess that line up. Ever. Well, it's the only one I have to remember. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you give me more than, like, three sentences, and I was just like, that, that, that. Oh, that's me. Like, anytime I take uh, take Landon and I into the Retro Junkies Super Show or something like that, I always botch the intro. Like, what do I say again? <laughs> so, uh, and I, I remember before, like, we knew each other, I would listen to the Retro Junkies, and you would mess it up, and you'd ask Landon what you would what you were supposed to say. Yeah, I, I don't I know. I always think in the back of my head, I was like, how does this guy not know what to say? <laughs> this is his show. I don't know. Just 
Say the words and get on with Say it. Say hi, welcome to the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't I can't even do that right. Exactly. That's why our blooper reels are so full. <laughs> our blooper reels are amazing. Yeah, it's just not to like, you know, talk about how awesome we are. Oh, but well, we already know that. We are, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we shouldn't have to tell the, tell people, but we just kind of feel like we need to. Right, right, because right. no one else says so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so guys. Uh, Triple we... Flakes podcast, one giant cry for love. Uh, yep. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we have a really good, really good issue I want to talk uh, We're, we're going to talk about. It's uh, issue 62 of the IDW run. So this is the, the latest one out right now. Just came out about uh, close to two weeks ago, or maybe yeah. not even that long. Um, it, this was written, of course, by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, Tom Waltz. Script was done by Tom Waltz. Art was done by Dave Watchter, and it's a lot, can't wait to talk about the artwork. And of course, colors by Rhonda Patterson. Uh, letters were done by Sean Lee, and the editor was Bobby Kernow. And oh, and Ted Adams published everything. So uh, this is basically a continuation of the last issue, um, where Splinter is kind of really taking the initiative here, and this issue goes even further with it, but yeah. he basically, uh, he's divvying out the Turtles to do separate missions in the last issue far more proactively, like um, was it Raph and was it Shadow? Uh, Raphael, Raphael and, and uh, Angel. Angel, Angel. Uh, nobody. Uh, they have to go out and find Alapex. Uh, Jenica and Leonardo have to do something. I can't remember. But um, Donatello and April have to figure out the whole Street Phantoms in, uh, situation. And he tells Casey Jones, I've got something for you to do. And you don't find out until the beginning of this issue what it is. And then that, that yeah. kind of brings us to this cover, man. You want to describe the cover? Oh, God. This is like Rob hit the nail on the head where he said, like, this is a Friday the 13th Jason Takes Manhattan kind of cover. Oh, it's right? great. I love it's it. Just, it's... Uh, Casey Jones with his back against leaning up against a brick wall and spray paints it behind him and says purple dragons and he's got his hockey stick out which I still don't know how you fight with a hockey stick but somehow he makes it work <laughs> I've never got that it's just like a hockey stick is just way too long to do anything with right you know <laughs> but I guess you get hit with it it's gonna hurt I so, guess it's like Dantello's bow, bow in a way you know it is yeah it's just a curved bow so it works um, yeah, very great-looking color uh, cover. A uh, lot of interesting cover uh, color work. Uh, it's not as dark as it could have been. It could have, like Casey is wearing, as you'll see in the issue, he's wearing all black clothing, so it ran the risk of him looking like just a giant hole in the wall, except for the white mask. But it looks incredible. He's very obviously standing under a streetlight, uh, looking off into the distance. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just a really gritty hand-drawn. Uh cover i don't know i just i just love it i i love i don't know how to explain it but i do love like the crack across his mask i love how his eyes are really narrowed he looks angry and it's amazing that dave watched i'm totally sold on his artwork i really really like it it's amazing how you know even though you only see his eyes you can tell underneath the mask he's angry yeah he's he's got a mission yeah, yeah. he's gonna take it yeah but i, I really like how dave washer seems to be doing his version of uh mattia Luco's art because, oh, sure, sure. Because everybody has the same character design, but he's got this really cool, just this little, like, grit to it that he adds, where it's like, it's these, same, it's these four turtles drawn just a bit more realistic, and a lot of that has to do with the color work, too, mm -hmm. and the shading. This is a very, I, I want to say, this is the, he, he uh, drew the uh, Deviations issue. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Because it looks just like the Deviations comic. So it is. It is really cool to see that 
this comic has just basically they have five artists. You know, they've got yeah. like Dan Duncan, Dave Watcher, Mattia Santaluco. There's a fourth one I'm forgetting. Yeah. I'm blanking on the name, but he, they've got like three anywhere between three and six artists that they use for everything. And I really like that it's a, it's a very close knit group of people working on this one book, so it doesn't get muddled anywhere. So you know, it's just like you never have like the big Marvel or DC. Not to like throw them under the bus, but Marvel and DC, you see this a lot, where it's like great story, bad art, mm-hmm. you know, or good art, bad story. You, you just got a consistent good storytelling, great artwork theme throughout the entire series including all of its offshoots which is really hard to pull off oh yeah definitely so yeah really there's so much care and attention to detail in this series yeah so. yeah and, you know and dave watcher's artwork in a way kind of reminds me of um and i don't know if he's the one doing the shading <clears throat> shading as well but it kind of reminds me of peter laird's in volume four a little bit oh yeah yeah because yeah. peter laird really um he did a lot of shading with volume four and it was definitely with um jim lawson's artwork it was definitely a lot grittier so yeah. it reminds me of that like dave washer is certainly gritty when it comes to the drawing like you see a lot of pencil marks a lot of shading yeah. and no it's so cool you mentioned peter laird because i look at dave washer's stuff and i think of kevin eastman oh it's no like, way huh. yeah especially like the early mirage books like where it was just like very deliberately it was very pencil sketchy looking where it was oh, just true. like yeah, where it was like Kevin Eastman's layouts with um, Peter Laird's artwork, but then Kevin Eastman went back and inked it. True. And very hard outlines, sketchy in between, and I I really like that deep shadows, um, a lot of inks, a lot of heavy ink work, and the very limited in certain points, very limited use of colors, but when it's there, it really pops out because yeah. it's set against a very stark background. Yeah, I get I get Kevin Eastman vibes from this. Uh, you know, I, I guess I see that more. I guess what I'm thinking of when I think of Peter, Peter Laird is um, Peter Laird shading uh, with Jim Lawson's artwork. Yeah, with Jim Lawson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what this reminds me of. But, um, but yeah, so it starts out with right with Casey here, and he busts up the Purple Dragons gang pretty handily, too. Oh, yeah, I think they've got... They spend, like... It's a big splash page. They've got two pages of just him just taking out everybody with a baseball bat. And everyone's got chains and knives. It's very much... Man, this is a scene I would love to see in a movie. Like, if anybody has ever seen the movie Old Boy, the the hallway fight scene, look it up on YouTube. Type in Old Boy hallway fight scene. And it's just like this dude starts at one end of a hallway, and there's about 40 dudes in front of him. And all he's got in his hand is a hammer. And he just takes everyone out. And ah. that's very much the vibe I get from this. I really love this close quarters combat style that Casey has. So it's would you like, say it was hammer time? It was, Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. I was sitting on that. I was like, ooh, do I I'm say I'm too it? legit for that. I'm not going <laughs> to. I guess it's I should quit. quit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to quit. <laughs> no, but I, I really like this. Like, this, this is Casey Jones. Like, you want Casey Jones to do something. You put him in a room full of like just forty or fifty guys and just say go, and he just takes everyone out. I'll tell you what—the reason I, I really like this um, is because we're seeing two sides of Casey. I think you know yeah. w- when we see Casey with April, we see kind of him exposing himself. He's a lot more um, vulnerable to you know just putting himself out there, mm. and and here 
I mean, he's just a completely different person. I mean, he's he's almost like a bad guy when he fights. You know, he's like, yeah. So so not overly arrogant, but just like you're gonna do what I tell you to do, or I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. You know, yeah. and and here he's surrounded by all these people, but he's at least got this mask on, uh, literally and figuratively. He's a completely different person when when the combat goes on. So, yeah, that mask goes on, and it's kind of like a switch in his head, and he just. He he knows he's gonna win. Oh yeah, absolutely. That confidence and uh, the purple dragons. Do they? Here's my thing. Do they want to start anything? They're just sitting around doing nothing right now, you know. Because we're like, we don't listen to your dad and we don't listen to you. You know, we're, we're just leave us alone. We don't take orders from you anymore. Yeah, they are kind of like just a boys club now. Yeah. You know, they don't have a leader that's saying we're gonna hit this place, we're gonna steal this, and we're gonna get money from this place here. They've got nothing like that. They're just kind of like, it's kind of like them just sitting around, just like hanging out until, okay, well, life's going to happen. And yeah. So, yeah. you know, and presumably Splinter told Casey Jones to go take out the Purple Dragons. So I, I kind of think he's got them, the plans for the Purple Dragons to fall under the Foot Clan here. It's kind of like, you know, we've got, now we've got a backup. You yeah, know? yeah, I can see that. Well, see, that'd be interesting. Okay, so you got the Purple Dragons and the Foot Clan teaming up. But here's the thing. Well, I guess first we should talk about the, the exchange between um, Donatello and April. Well, basically what they're talking about is just, like, everything that they have to do. Yeah. You know, and April has has this ninja scroll thing that we still have no idea what it does. And we've been hearing about it since before Shredder died in issue 50. And I don't think we know what it does yet anyway, but it's, like, something – it's some kind of – I don't know, go here and get this item, and it's a side quest for them. Yeah. And April feels incredibly overwhelmed, and I feel bad for April because at the beginning of this series, she was a college student. Did she, like, have to drop out of college, or did she fail out of college or something? Yeah, I don't know. She, she skipped a, she's missed a lot of time. Yeah, and Casey, too. He was there on a hockey scholarship, and it's just kind of like, okay, well, the Turtles ended their lives, and it's just like, well, I guess I'm done with school. Right, no kidding. Granted, it is for, you know, saving the world, but it's like, what's going on, you know? So just, not that that has to be answered, but I I always just kind of wonder about stuff like that. So, and her parents know what's going on. I mean, like, they know, they at least know Casey Jones, and I don't know if her parents know about the Turtles yet or anything, but they know that she's involved with something, and they're supportive of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I love by the end of this exchange too, when uh, you know they're about to leave the library, and Donatello he's got the trench coat and the hat. Yeah, I was like, oh, there it is, undercover toy line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I've gotten older, I realize how much sense that doesn't make as a disguise. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, it's still. A little... I, I, I guess, but it looks just kind of like a giant turtle in a trench coat. You going to Laguardia, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, so Donatello, he asked her, he's like, uh, so have you talked to Casey? You know, what's going on with him? Uh, and April goes, no, no, um, we've barely said two words to each other since we broke up. And then you turn the page, and oh, man, I can't wait to talk about this. But yeah. the, she finishes the line by saying, I honestly have no clue what he's up to these days. And before we yeah. talk about this scene, it reminds me of the scene in the, the 1990 film where uh, – remember when Raph storms up on the rooftop to just kind of clear his head after Leo and Raph yeah. fight? April goes, well, where's uh, where's Raphael? And he's like, ah, he's blowing off some steam. He likes he does it. This, he does this all the time. Yeah he, yeah, yeah, he does this all the time. He likes it. And then uh, you see straight cut to Raphael fighting, or at least getting his butt kicked by all the foot soldiers at yeah. the top of the roof. 
And that's what this reminds me of, only this time, Casey Jones is making short work of the Purple Dragons, and this is by far my favorite artwork I've seen in a very long time, because it is a full two-page spread of just Casey tearing up these Purple Dragons. And he's severely outnumbered. Like, I just counted him. He's fighting, in this one panel, he's fighting 13 members of the Purple Dragons. Oh, yeah. And the way it, the the panels are laid out, it's, it's something you don't really see a lot. Uh, it's it. If I could try to explain it, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, uh, so there's seven panels, not necessarily back to back. There's still like a gap between each panel at the top. Yeah. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight at the bottom, and then right in the middle, there's a giant panel of Casey surrounded by all the uh, purple soldiers, purple soldiers, purple dragons. Uh, <laughs> And it's just that takes both pages, that one middle panel, and it's like, wow, it's it's divided into three different ways. There, you know, you get your top row, your full spread middle row, and then you've got your bottom row, and it just looks amazing. They did the same thing in the Batman crossover with Batman fighting Shredder. Oh, cool! Yeah, where it was like it was just this big full page Batman and Shredder fighting, and then and then behind that one image, you saw about forty panels, small panels of Batman and Shredder fighting each other. So it was just one page. It wasn't a splash page or anything. But you got like 41 or 42 panels worth of artwork on this one page. Yeah. It was really cool. So this one's a little bit better, which uh, really speaks towards the artwork. because It's saying a lot because the other one was Batman fighting the Shredder. Yeah. (laughs) This is Casey Jones fighting nameless goons, but this one just looks better, I think. Brutally, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, like he's breaking knees, he's busting up jaws, he's he's taking people out. Yeah, like I'm gonna talk about some some of these here. So one, he's kneeing a guy in the face, and you see his nose literally crunching. All right, it's like smashed. Then uh, there's there's one where he, I think on the bottom left hand panel, he like throws a guy to the ground, and you just see blood. Uh, you it know, looks splattered. like he throws him into the ground. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, like into the concrete. Oh yes, know? oh yes, he br- he busted the concrete. Yeah, he did, he did a rock bottom. It was awesome. <laughs> and then the bottom, one, two, three, four. All right, so the fourth one, kind of near the middle of the page. Uh, he's flat out just punching a guy who's already on the ground. And it shows mm-hmm. that. Uh, his hockey stick's busted. And then he's just looking straight ahead, and he goes, so what's next? Yeah. Man, holy cow. I didn't realize he could fight that well. I mean, I knew he was a good fighter, but that that's a whole new extreme. Yeah, you never... Uh... Yeah, because he's been taken out a couple of times. I think like he's easy for some writers to just, well, take Casey out. Yeah, you know, because it was like that's what happened in the Batman crossover. I know I just mentioned that, but he fought like he was. He had this scene, uh, almost exactly this scene, fighting foot soldiers and Ra's al Ghul's ninjas, uh, the League of Assassins, and he was taken out. It it is pretty easy to just kind of forget that he can he could probably take out the turtles if he wanted to. Ah, possibly, yeah. You know, it's it's really kind of a finally moment to see Casey Jones open a can, yeah. Really, just like open every can in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, he opened he opened a whole six pack here. No, he did. He certainly did. Yeah. So uh, so then uh, we go to the. Street Phantoms. And who's the guy that's over the Street Phantoms now, at least working with them? Okay, this is the guy that... The Inventor? Um, no, not the Inventor. The Inventor's... Uh, mild spoiler here. The Inventor is Harold's wife, ex-wife. Oh, okay. 
Um, and this guy, I do not remember his name. This is the one kind of saving grace for the F- Street Phantoms for me, is their boss. Yeah. Who is this huge dude that I don't even see a name for him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Honestly, I like his design. He looks like, he doesn't look like your basic crime boss. Like, this guy looks actually pretty dangerous. He looks like an old Wolverine. Kind of does, tall. yeah. Yeah, only really tall. He's got a but, monocle. Yeah, and he's got a monocle. Imagine <laughs> Kingpin with hair, and that's what this guy looks like. <laughs> so, but I really like him, and they've got Harold in custody now. They've uh, kidnapped him, and he's unconscious in a prison cell, basically. And he's talking about how you know they're going to use him as bait to get the inventor to create better weapons for the Street Phantoms to take out the Foot Clan. Yeah, very true, and that's a very, very smart tactic because, you know, one, they've got one of their personal friends, and uh, so you know the turtles are going to come after him, but I'm sure they're going to make Harold design a weapon first. And it sounds like he's got some kind of collateral, too, to make Harold do this. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's perfect. I mean, you know, you've got to get the inventor to keep working for you to make better weapons. He's like, you know, I've got Harold here in prison. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and on Harold's side of it, you know, it's just like, oh, Harold, if you don't work for me, I have your ex-wife here. I'm going to kill her. Yeah, very you know, true. So you both will work for me, regardless of what you want. Yeah. And then we get a cut to another great scene with uh, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Woody from the, I think it's Rupert's Pizza. Yeah, I haven't seen Woody in a while. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh, been I, gone for a while. I think you haven't, I think the last time you saw him was City Fall. Wow, you know, that long ago. Definitely been a while, so... Yeah, I, I love I love this scene here because uh, it kind of, in a way, you know, Michelangelo he stormed out. He was very very ashamed of Splinter and and and, and what Splinter's turned into. And Raph of all the turtles, Raph is the one who kind of reasons with him, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, I really like this because I think what it is is like Raphael, especially in this series, he lived on his own for a year. Yeah, you know, dumpster diving, so. He kind of gets what Michelangelo is going through. He's like, no, I just, I need to be on my own, you know, because this isn't right. And um, Raphael, I think, gets that because he had to survive by himself for so long. Yeah. And, but he understands that he needs, that Michelangelo needs to be with them. uh, Because when Raphael uh, was on his own, it wasn't until he met Casey that he learned that, you know, he, he needed people too. You know, and then after he met Casey, he found his family again, and then met April, and then hilarity ensued. Um, but yeah, I really like how because you never see Raphael and Michelangelo working together. No, no, it's always true. Michelangelo and Donatello. Yeah. You know, and I really like that. And you know, it's family dynamics. You know, it's like kind of the older brother is trying to look out for the younger brother. Yeah, you know, who's even though these people are these guys are the same age. You know, it's just weird how their family works out. Like. A multi-generational family but yeah i really like how it's Raphael finally kind of just calming down and just thinking about things rationally yeah this this really made me like raf a lot in this series and raf's always been the turtle that i think i re- related to the least yeah you know growing up and everything but i really really like this version of raf and what idw's doing with it especially when he like you said was on his own at the very beginning and how they reunite later on in the series and Raph, speaking from experience here, he says, living alone ain't all it's cracked up to be, is it? Yeah. And, you know, he starts reasoning with Michelangelo. He's like, well, what do you mean? And uh, 
Okay. Uh, yeah, so here's what Raph says. He said, live it alone. It, it ain't all it's cracked up to be, is it? Michelangelo goes, I don't know. Sometimes, maybe. I guess you probably got to go too, huh? Because uh, Woody had just left. Yeah. And Raph's like, yeah, I got to go uh, find Alapex. But first, you know, the reason I'm here, with everything that's happened and everything that's coming, I think it's time for you to come back home, come back to the family. And Michelangelo, at first, he's ticked about that. He's like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, because he's at this time, like, Michelangelo's probably just kind of tired of people telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, which, which especially, like, the younger sibling. I mean, I was, the, I was the younger sibling. So, I mean, I completely get where Michelangelo's at right now. And where it's just like, no, I'm not. If they're going to keep doing what they're going to do, I'm not going to listen to them. It's yeah. just it's not happening. You know, and I really like Michelangelo is incredibly reasonable about this whole situation. He says, look, I'll come back at, at a moment's notice. You just have to stop all of this wrong stuff you're doing. And yeah. I think I think everyone else is just kind of in denial. I think Michelangelo is the one that clearly sees what, what I think is going to happen with Splinter. I know. I, you know. And I think we all see it coming, and especially at the, the end of this issue, we see a little bit more. But I really – see, I always related to Raphael. I, I always had um, a bit of – a bit of a mean streak in me, not mean streak, but I always had a bit of an attitude, and I always, I always was very stoic and just kind of standoffish with a bunch of people. And I really, really get Raphael in this, where it's just kind of like he knows where Michelangelo's at, and all he wants to do is just help him, yeah. because I think he just doesn't want him to see, want him to learn the same lessons the hard way that he did. Because again, from experience, yeah, yeah, and it's it's so good what he says here. Uh, Michelangelo's like, you know what? You saying I need to come back? That's like, that sounds like something Leo would say. Yeah. And uh, Raph goes, I thought we were on the same side, dude. This is Michelangelo. And Raph goes, we are. And believe it or not, Leo's on your side. And believe it or not, Father is too. Yeah. And uh, Michelangelo just can't believe what he's what he's saying. But I love, I love what Raph says here. Where is it? I'm trying to find that line. Uh, Father did it to protect us from the Shredder and to protect this city from the foot. Imagine what could have happened if he didn't take over when the Shredder uh, kicked it. you got to stop thinking Father crossed some line to punish us, Mike, because he didn't. And then Mike goes, well, why does it feel so wrong? Uh, he says, well, we're in the Foot Clan now, Mikey. It ain't supposed to feel right, but it is the right thing to do. You want, you want to be Michelangelo? We'll do a little drama here. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Right, this I'll, is our calling right here, audio drama with Rob and Josh. Here we go. We all wish we could go back to the old days, all of us here together in the lair. But the problem is, it ain't just about us anymore. We've got a bigger family and lots of good friends. And like I said, the whole city to worry about now. Shoot, the whole darn world if you really think about it. See what I did there? Uh, but that don't mean we still don't got each other's backs, little bro. And right now, or I need to know, you got mine because I'm getting ready to leave with Angel to find Alapex. Hang on. Sorry, my eyes are bad. I can't do that if I don't know that you and Leo and Donnie are taking care of each other while I'm gone. And that you're all taking care of Father, too. Come back, Mike. If you can't do it for a father, do it for your brothers, okay? Please. We miss you, kid. I had one line in this whole thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to be Michelangelo. I thought I was going to be Raphael, but okay. I was like, we can do it oh, over. Man. We can do it over. 
Nah, it's cool. Come on, man. <laughs> you want to be Raph? Yeah, you relate to Raph more. You go ahead. Plus, I kind of botched some of those lines because I couldn't see. Oh, man. No, I was trying to find where you were because, like, you said that one with the Bruce Lee poster in the background. That's, like, on every page. <laughs> there is this one meticulously recreated Bruce Lee poster from Enter the Dragon. Ah, true, true. Well, you, 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 you started start over now that you know where it's we're at. It's in, like, every panel. <laughs> okay. So I got it on page eight, which is when Raphael starts talking about it sucks living alone. Okay, I think it's past that. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, so we all wish we could go back. No, 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 man. You already read all that. I'm not going to make listeners listen to it. Who did it better? No, I, mean, I, I, can cu- I can cut it. No, 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 no. Don't worry. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Not a problem, man. No, okay. it's... I'm not going to undermine your talent here. Oh, but... talent. You can't. I botched every single one of those lines. They all sound unnatural because I couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> man, you see, you know, I, I do want to comment on this, man. This is where I just love Dave Watcher's art here yeah. because... He puts in so much emotion in this is this is this is one of the best pages of any Ninja Turtles comic I have ever seen because there is just so much emotion, especially in the eyes of these characters. Ah, I was about to say. Where it's just like it, these don't even look like turtles; these look like people. This is, I mean, this is how I see the turtles. I mean, like these these are people here. And it's just, it's so realistic looking without crossing that weird divide of, oh my god, giant mutant turtles, where it's like, no, this is exactly what Ninja Turtles would look like in real life. Yeah. You know, this is just what they would look like. And you have to give him credit because he's not, he put a human face on something that inherently isn't human. Yeah, true. I mean, like, you can just, if there were no dialogue bubbles here I think you would know exactly what this scene was about not necessarily that Michelangelo needs to come home but you would know that there was an emotional exchange actually put some dialogue in there because towards the end where they're hugging each other kind of looks like they're falling in love you know so (laughs) just like I really need to see that yeah yeah but no I, I absolutely love the artwork in this specifically in these pages yeah it just looks beautiful. Like if I could ever own like just an original pencil sketch, I would want this page that ends with Raphael and Leonardo or Raphael and Michelangelo hugging each other. Yeah. It just looks great. I really really like it. Yeah. That's great. It's a great scene and you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's all in the eyes, you know. The you can tell the more uh, Raphael talks, the softer Michelangelo's expression gets, you know, and you see yeah. kind of him really starting to believe what he's hearing and and, you know, by the so end... Michelangelo is angry at the beginning of the scene. Oh, yes, absolutely. Which kind of looks unnatural. It's like, wow, you never... I mean, I guess you just drew a picture of Raphael and put an orange bandana on him. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in the end, they uh, Michelangelo says, I miss you guys, too. And, and they end up hugging, so you think, well... It's, it's interesting. You think, oh, well, good, Mikey's back. Uh, and then by the end of the issue, you're like, ooh, he's not going to like what's happening, though. Did you notice uh, in the background, there's a mouser head... On look at the uh, the the panel where Michelangelo hugs Raphael. Oh yeah, on top of the sh- the on top of lockers. that locker up yeah. there. Yeah, there's a mouser head. I thought I always I love the little details in the background. That's that's the beauty of this series. Just there's so much thought literally put into every panel. Yeah, I want to say was it Donatello that like kept one of the mousers just to study the technology? But I don't know. I don't even remember if that yeah. was in the IDW run. Yeah, I would imagine. 
Uh, he did keep one. Yeah, I mean, they, like, murdered a thousand of those things. So they... Man, it'd be great to have one, just to, like, have a reprogram to be your own personal dog or something, you know? Yeah, I know, just <laughs> go step and fetch it over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're, I mean, they're cute little guys, you know, except for the evil red light. Yeah, and you can just change that. Put a blue bulb in there. You put the blue on there, you're good to go. It's uh, Yeah, that, that means blue is good. Blue is very is inviting. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. And then sometimes you could change them up, you know, according to the season. You could do orange for Halloween. You could do blue and <laughs> or a green and uh, red for Christmas, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, I, oh, man, we should design toys for these, pe- for these people here. You know, oh, just, man, I'd love to. I'd love This is our Christmas Mauser. It's got a bad sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great! You know, you know. This is our Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving uh, Mauser set. It comes in a cornucopia, <laughs> you get like forty-eight Mausers with you for the price of twenty. I guess this definitely gets to my favorite part of the comic, where it's Donatello figuring out that Harold's been kidnapped by the uh, the Street Phantoms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes in to Harold's lab and finds um, he. I think Harold recorded everything that happened. You go back to the Street Phantoms hideout, and they're talking to the inventor, who is Harold's, uh, lady. Harold's ex-wife, uh, Libby Meitner. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's got this great exchange with the boss of the, the uh, Street Phantoms, asking, you know, why do you call me the inventor? My name is Libby, you know? I'm a doctor. <laughs> Stop calling me the inventor. And whoever this boss character is, he's like, you know, you do realize that if we just used your real name, somebody who knew something would find out who you were and make our lives much harder. So just go with the pseudonym, all right? You know, just go with, accept the comic bookiness of it and move on, you know? Yeah, and then you get in, you get into the boss's backstory, which oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I really love this. I was gonna go say right. the same thing. Yeah, I love this. I actually like this guy. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, this this is the saving grace. This is the guy who should be like the street phantom. Yeah, you know, because I really like how it's a flip on the general crime boss character, where it's usually just like a big meathead who's just like, nope, I want more money, I want more power, blah blah blah. And this guy became who he was because he wanted knowledge. Yeah. Like, he was, he is this big, strapping, muscular dude who, when he was younger, he was given the opportunity to play pro football, but he didn't want that. Like, playing football for him was just kind of something he did. Like, what he wanted to do was learn about science. Yeah. And I really like that. Just that flip on it. Yeah, where, like, it, it battles uh, against a stereotype, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And he uh, notices, he goes into his backstory about how when he was a kid, he noticed this He noticed this really nevishy, nerdy-looking kid getting beat up in the hallways at school. And so this guy basically just beat up the guys that were beating up this little kid. Yeah, bashes them against a locker. Oh, my God, he shoves him into the locker without opening the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you realize he just murdered a kid, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but then he said that he tells this little kid, not little, but, like, comparatively, he's a little guy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, they'll never bother you again if you help me uh, learn about science, basically. Because nobody would ever, like, every teacher he had was like, no, nah, don't worry about that. You're, you're a football player, you know? Don't worry. 
which happens more often than you think in some schools where like some teachers will be like, hey, you keep winning football games. You don't have to worry about homework. Yeah. Yep. I've seen that firsthand. Yeah. And I've never seen it, but I've always heard of it. And, um, this little, this nerdy kid, because I don't think they give him a name. He takes him to the science fair and they win science fairs left and right. And eventually through just learning how to become an engineer, I would imagine he becomes a crime boss, you know, using technology as his weapon instead of, you know, guns or knives or brute strength. Right. Absolutely. And, and the whole reason he gives her this backstory is to say, look, I get what I want. All right. Yeah. I, I wanted to be smarter. I wanted to learn about science and I would go through any means necessary to be able to do that. And finally, he kind of gets to his point. He says, I want this city. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, well, first, let me show you something. And he shows her her ex-husband, Harold, uh, who's you know just kind of still hands tied behind his back, knocked out, just sitting in a chair. He says, yes, your former partner and our enemy's secret weapon, but not for long. He will awaken soon, and when he does, you will help me convince him to renew your partnership and join us. And do not even think about defying me in this matter without your, or with your incessant insolence. If you learned anything from my story, Doctor, I hope it's that I do not abide those who stand in the way of what I want. I assume there are no misunderstandings about that. Yeah. This is a real. This is a cool villain, man. I like this I, guy. I like him too. I that that's the thing about IDW. They keep making villains I like. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a backstory that's incredibly. If it's not relatable to you, it's very understandable. Like he, this is a guy who just he wanted a different type of power. He didn't care about you know what his muscles could do for him. He wanted to work his brain, and he wanted to have knowledge to become. A better person and then this is what it came what came from it you know so yeah and he is that typical crime boss but with a new spin on him you know you're seeing i just i really love how idw always finds these new ways to introduce characters or character types that we've known about since we were kids you know? absolutely yeah so and it scares the scares the inventor to death. She's like, no, no, sir, no misunderstandings. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. she she comes in a little cocky, and then by by the end, she is completely intimidated and afraid. So uh, goes back to Splinter, and this is probably I thought the Casey Jones was the best part, but then I liked the, the villain part, and then this part here is probably the most crazy part, the craziest this is the part, most jaw dropping part of this issue. Yeah. 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 So why, why don't you take us uh, takes into this one, man? Okay, so Donatello goes back to the foot headquarters, and he uh, Splinter is overseeing a lesson that the Foot Clan is being taught in their uh, forms training, basically. And Donatello walks in, runs in, and tells him, uh, tells Splinter, Leonardo, and Jenica, who are overseeing everything, overseeing the training. He says that Harold's been kidnapped, and Splinter says, "You know, it's exactly as he expected." Um. He tells Donatello, I planned for it to happen, to be precise. I had Jenica provide anonymous information regarding Harold, Harold Lijah to the Street Phantoms. I knew they would not be able to resist removing him from us once they knew his whereabouts. And Leonardo is taken aback, and he doesn't even call her Jenica anymore. He says, Jenny, how did, why, 
why didn't you tell me about this? And Donatello says, you deliberately put Harold in danger. And Splinter says to Leonardo, she did not tell you because I told her she could not. She followed orders, as is her sworn duty to do, as is yours. And wow. Splinter, Splinter continues and he says, I understand, your, I understand your concerns, Donatello, but although their methods of retrieval may have caused him some discomfort, your friend is in no mortal danger. I am confident our enemy understands, just as we do, how valuable an asset Harold is in this war. And now, while their attentions are focused on their newest trophy, the Foot Clan will strike. Tonight, we destroy the Street Phantoms. Holy cow. And Donatello, his takeaway from all of that was, you just called my friend an asset. Yeah. You know, he's a thing to you. He's not a person. And all of a sudden, Splinter's talking about how they're going to destroy the Street Phantoms. What is this? What happened to him? He, oh, so, okay, he's, okay, can he's I make, becoming the shredder, dude. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of, unless they're really going with this, is Kitsune's messing with him. Or or maybe the Rat King. Somebody's messing with his mind. You know, I was, I no joke, I when I reread this issue last night, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, because that is not Splinter. I'm sorry, that is not Splinter, unless the power finally got to his head. But that is not my Splinter. I'm sorry, he never does that. He's, he's the level-headed one. When all the turtles are messing up, he's the rock. He's the one that always is consistent. And and now he's changed. And the turtles, I mean, not just Michelangelo knows it now. Now Leo, now Donatello, they're like, what is going You You did this on purpose? They yeah. could have killed him. Yeah, you know what, though? There have been shades of this previously. Where it's kind of like, I always go back to this because it's the best example, but during the uh, Attack on Technodrome storyline, Leonardo tells Splinter, uh, look, I know you want us to take out Shredder. I understand it. I'm not, I, I mean, I agree, but we really need to focus on Krang because if Krang wins, the world is destroyed. And Splinter's like, don't argue with me. Oh, true. We're taking on Shredder. True. That's a good point. So it's kind of like, Splinter may have always been like this. Yes, he's a great father. He loves his sons deeply. But in a wartime scenario, he's he, he could be cutthroat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, and I I was I didn't want to interrupt you, but yeah, this is not your Splinter, but this is the IDW Splinter. Yeah, true. You know? This could be We've never seen this from Splinter. Splinter has always been that sage-like father figure that cares for everyone, that welcomes everyone with open arms. We've never seen a wartime Splinter. You know, not to say that it's never happened. I just don't know. And that's... uh, See, I have to separate myself from my personal preference and and, uh, and, and what they're doing. I love what they're doing because it's interesting. We're talking about it. It's really... It's never been done before. And IDW's been... A fantastic about just doing things that have never been done before. Yeah. So, kudos to them. I just that's like saying Yoda is a bad guy. You know, it's just like what? Yoda's totally a bad guy. <laughs> He's I, totally a bad guy. You know, so, I, I'm sure, sure, but like you know, it's one of those things. You just you just aren't used to seeing that, and it's like, what is this? You know? Yeah. 
and you know what? There, Splinter has always kind of been, in my opinion, Splinter's always kind of been shady. Just, it, just in the IDW or? No, 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 just Splinter overall. If you really th- go back to the first issue of the Mirage book that came out in 84. Oh, true. And really think about this. You've been trained for this moment. Yeah. Splinter trained children to kill someone for him. <sighs> true, true. He, I mean, that's, he, that he's a warlord. You know, he really is, f- from an unbiased, completely abstract uh, view on him. He's a warlord. Ah. He, he trained kids to become freedom fighters for him. Um, true. In any other situation, he would be the bad guy. You know? And, you know, how many other turtles are going to start siding with Michelangelo? Because now I can kind of see Donatello being like, nope, I don't think so. so. You know, Splinter basically allowed the possibility for my friend to die. So you let know, me so. ask you this. You know, you 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 man, you make a really good point. Do you so you think this is this is Splinter. This isn't somebody messing with his mind. This is really Splinter. I think yeah, I think this is Splinter. I yeah. do too. I'm just hoping I, I, he's just getting messed with, but I I agree with you. Yeah, but because you know we've never seen wartime Splinter. No. You know, you see glimpses of it in, like, you know, Secret History of the Foot Clan or the Splinter Micro Series one-shot or something like it within the IDW series. You see glimpses of what he was like when he was a member of the Foot Clan um, with Orokusaki and what the anger that he had to overcome. And, you know, it could be creeping up on him, you know, where it's just like he's using his anger in a positive way where it's just like, no, I'm looking out for our clan. I have a bigger responsibility than just the, my four sons. I have an entire clan to take care of now. Yeah. And this could be the best case scenario to make sure everyone survives. True. True. You know, it's, this is going to get him killed though. You know, uh, if he keeps going to war like this, it's what this will is what will kill him. I don't think it'll be yeah. the purple dragons that does it. But something, if he keeps staying proactive like this and looking for fights and for maybe good intentions, yeah, this is what's going to kill him because now he is a viable target. Yeah. Or and you know what? I would pose a, a theory that I, I mean, I know how accurate I am on my predictions on this series, <laughs> but like, I would not be surprised as if in like next year issue seventy, you know, is the turtles taken on Splinter. Oh, my goodness. You know, because, I mean, just imagine what that would be like. Just because, like, no, you are you are wrong. You know, I'm sorry to tell you this. Not not you, but, like, yeah, yeah. from the Turtles' point of view, Splinter is wrong. Oh, oh, gosh. To go further with that, a civil war. You know, like a civil war kind of take on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like some people are like, no, I get what Splinter's doing. Yeah, All Team Raph right. versus Team Leo, or Team Mike versus Team Leo. Yeah, yeah, or and get some of the outside people. Like Casey's on one side, and yet, um, I don't know, Old Hobbs on the other side, or or yeah, you some know, of the other allies. Be, you know, it would be like uh, Leonardo, Raphael, Casey Jones against Michelangelo, Donatello, and April. Yeah, only problem is like, how do you how do you resolve that? Like, if that were to happen, how would that even? Because people would probably be killed. You know, oh, you can't man. you can't kill your main characters off. You know what, man? It's so funny you mentioned that because, like, when I was when I started writing Ninja Turtles Punishment, 
that was the story I was going to go for. Oh. Where it was like when they were fighting the Dominators and uh, Leonardo was going to be like, no, we have to take these guys out. And Raphael was going to say, no, because look what violence has gotten us. You know, Raphael just kind of realized that I'm, I'm tired of violence. I'm tired of being angry. And they were both, and the Dominators were just going to watch the Turtles tear themselves apart. And I had, I mean, I had it mapped out to where it was Ah. like Leonardo, Karai, and Ace and Mondo against, um, Raphael and and a few other characters. I had a team of ten characters on each side, and I decided not to do it because I was I was writing it and story uh, planning. It was too similar to Civil War, and I was like, oh, I just can't do that, you know. So I was like, so yeah, wow. I, I would be, I'd be so happy to see somebody do that, just because I was just. I'll be honest, I was afraid of getting the Civil War comparisons, and I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, sure, so, sure. So, and, and it's not that there isn't going to be something like that in the future, but more ideologically instead of fisticuffs, you yeah, know? Yeah, Very but, cool. yeah. Very would, cool. I would love to see somebody do that, yeah. you know? And it, it it would make such a great... It would make such a great storyline. I mean, it could go anywhere after that because you've got, you know, (laughs) turtles against the other team of turtles where, you know, somebody believes in Splinter and somebody doesn't. And how long would that last before Splinter says, okay, they're our enemies now? Ah, true, true. You've got the street Michelangelo's over there. We can't have them running around. (laughs) You know? Yeah. um, You know, it's something to think about. You know, you make up. You you make a good point. I think the turtles will eventually stand up to them in, in one form or another. Interesting stuff, man. But uh, so, what, you know, how many slices of pizza would you give this issue? I'd give this one a nine. This was a really this was just a solid issue. Every single part of it just piqued my interest, and there was a lot of little setups and payoffs, you know, because it's just issue sixty one set up so many potential storylines yeah. and it's I gotta give IDW credit for not drawing that out and be like we'll find out next month in Casey Jones number one you know when this happens for five issues and then okay they're not milking they're not milking the fans for more money yeah you know they're just like nope in IDW issue 62 this is what happens this is where we're going this is the next year's worth of storylines and you know, it could go anywhere. I mean, this could go crazy. I mean, we could see the Turtles team up with Kitsune to take out the Foot Clan. You know, I mean, we could we could see a resurrected Shredder take the Turtles under his wing. You know, I mean, mm, and true. deviations Ooh. deviations could have just been yeah, it's a side story, but it could have been a preview for what's going to happen you know, in a weird kind of way. Now you're going to have the armored up Turtles taking on the Foot Clan. Well, now, I mean, you said that you always felt like they were kind of testing the waters. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I, even if I'm wrong, I mean, I can't wait to see what they're gonna what me they're too. gonna do. So yeah, this gets nine slices of pizza for me. Oh man, I this is almost a perfect issue. I was about to say, I uh, I want to give it a nine point nine five. Which you got to be that little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I've got to give it a nine too. It's just. I love this issue, and I'm going to step out on a limb and say that Dave Watcher is my favorite artist um, that that has done the Turtles so far, uh, at least with the IDW run. I love his style. The storytelling was perfectly balanced. 
and I love the direction we're going in. It's a very uncertain, uncomfortable direction, and I like it. And I, it's one of those things, if you can get somebody fired up to read the next issue, you've done your job. And they have done their job tremendously well. And uh, this is quite possibly... I thought 61 was great, and this is even better somehow. And I got a gut feeling somehow the next issue is going to be even better. So it's just one of those things. IDW continues to keep on rocking it. I mean, it's just incredible. And um, love where the Casey Jones line's going. Love where the Splinter thing's going. Um, love the exchange with Raph and Michelangelo. Love the love our new villain. That makes this issue for me. Is oh, that- yeah. Michelangelo and Raphael scene, yeah. Yeah, and you like you said, don't see it much. And and our new villain, love him. Uh, just such a good, good issue. So, yeah, uh, yeah. This is, I, and I agree with you. I love Dan Washer's art. I I really, uh, Mattia Santaluca was my guy uh, for so long, and I think uh, Dave's got got a leg up on him just because oh. it's just, that, just because I love Mattia Santaluca's. I'm not saying this is what it is, but like his cartoon inspired art mm-hmm. where this one seems to be reality driven. You yeah. know, this, this one's much more, what would they look like in real life? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is they wouldn't look like gross or disgusting or anything like that. They would just look just like human turtles. And where you can see, you can see the humanity in these, in these characters faces and their eyes. And it's so, and drawing eyes is one of, for me, Drawing eyes and fingers and feet is always the bane of my existence when I'm drawing. <laughs> it, it, and that, for a lot of artists, it is. Drawing the eyes is so difficult to get them to look a certain way and identical to each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and, 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 and he nails it. He really does. And uh, Snailed it. Snailed yeah. it. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, um, I guess that wraps up another uh, episode. So if you want to find... Um, write us and let us know what you think about this particular episode or the talk about the Ninja Turtles in general. You can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash turtleflakespodcast. Our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. And um, I'm in the process of uploading all our uh, episodes to the domain turtleflakes.com. Um, it's it's kind of a long, drawn-out process, so it, it takes some time. But I once I have a few days off, I'd like to do that. So if you want to give us a call and just leave a message letting us know about this particular issue or anything else you want to talk about, Turtles, our Turtlecom hotline is uh, 1-865-309-4875, and we would love to hear from you. Um, oh, as a matter of fact, I'll edit this into the show. We got a call from Rob Veach. Uh, he, oh, cool. He was talking about his top five uh, favorite collectibles and stuff, and uh, uh We'll uh, edit that into this episode, and uh, I think he mentioned the Technodrome, and he he had a couple of NECA figures, too, so um, I'll go ahead and put that in here. Hey, guys. This is Rob. I'm calling in to give you my top five Turtles collectibles. Um, I'm an action figure guy, so they all fall under that category. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple from my childhood that I still have. Um... So, number five, I'll go with original Casey Jones. Uh, he's just super nice. I don't think I have all the weapons, but I still have the bag. Um, number four, I would I would give to Ace Duck, um, which is just always a super cool figure. Still got him in decent condition. Um, all right, for numbers three through five, 
I'm going to count a four turtle set as one item. So, um, at number three, I'll go with my 2012 turtles. They're just super cool, have really cool sculpts. Uh, I do have to rank them lower though because I got most of the set on eBay from China and once I got them in hand, like, oh, they're knockoffs. So they're not the greatest quality, but they're still pretty cool. Um, number two, I'm going to go with the 2003 Turtles. Those are just super cool. I just love the sculpts and the paintwork on them. They just look great. Um, and then unquestionably for my number one is the uh, NECA first appearance turtle figures. Um, they're all super articulated. They've got the red bandanas, you know, based on their looks in the first issue. And those are just super awesome. Can't be beat. All right, guys. Love the show. Later. Thank you, Rob, for uh, reaching out to us, man. We love listening to these uh, voicemails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's getting fan feedback is is something I always love. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, I love just people that we've never necessarily met in person just reaching out. You know, people you never knew were listening just to reach out like that. It just adds so much more to the show. But, uh, but all right, Josh, the big question, the question everyone wants to know. What type of pizza are we going to have today? Oh, man, you know what? what? I want you to pick the pizza today just because I always kind of always just kind of go back on, like, classic, like, sausage and pepperoni. <laughs> Anytime I can get that, that's what I want. So I want you to pick pizza today. Oh, man. I'm, you know what? It's fall. I'm going to go with a pumpkin spiced. Uh, Never pump- mind. This is why I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with pumpkin spice and, you know, those little candy corn pumpkins. Yeah. We're going to do oh, that. Oh, I love the candy pumpkins, man. Yes, I, I mean, too. They're terrible for your teeth, but they're delicious. <laughs> you can get more teeth. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, all right, guys. Uh, here's to hoping you enjoy your uh, candy corn pumpkin pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. <laughs> That's how great it's been. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That's man, a I've cigarette, been man. Yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, good message for the crib. Sorry. Um, no, just uh... he started talking about all the books he enjoys that are Star Wars books, and he loves Boba Fett. So he's slowly turning. I can I can feel uh, disturbance in the Force. And you know what? It's all dark side stuff too, because I really like Boba Fett, and I've always liked Darth Vader. That's it. Like everybody else is just kind of like, all right, well, whatever, that's fine. I guess you kind of <laughs> have to have them there. Like my thing with Star Wars, I like I, I am slowly turning to the expanded universe, expanded universe, whatever. Um, I'm slowly turning towards that because I just don't know why everything that has to do with Star Wars has to revolve around the Skywalker family. Yeah, it's a universe, you know. It, Be, there should be a lot yeah, of yeah because like no nobody has that much stuff to do, you know. <laughs> but I mean, but then I. I really, uh, I was watching an old interview with George Lucas, and I think, like, he got the raw end of the deal on this whole Star Wars stuff. Um, so many people dislike him for making movies, you know? Come on. Leave him alone. (laughs) Right, exactly. But, uh, leave this billionaire alone, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, but he, he laid it out very plainly. He's like, I want the movies to be about the Skywalker family. Right. Everybody else can make whatever else they want, and you know what I really like about George Lucas is he's a, he's the biggest proponent of like the fan films of the extended universe, 
of like you know the Clone Wars cartoon. Nicole loves the Clone Wars cartoon, and I've watched a couple episodes of it. And it's pretty good. Like I really liked what they did with Anakin in that uh, series. How like Yoda realized he was going to become a Sith, so he gave him an apprentice to kind of cur the life the light side in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, give him something to care about so he can keep himself from going over the edge. And I really, I really like that. That was really smart. And the individuality of all the clone troopers, you know. And yeah, I can't stand Star Wars apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, read the comics. I'm telling you, they're really good. Like the Star Wars run that's done by Marvel right now is yeah. amazing. And the Han Solo um, side series that they're doing is really good right now. So such good stuff. And like I said, that Han Solo trilogy by AC Crispin, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. But yeah, I'll have uh, to look up. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> I had too much coffee. I missed you too. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know how. I know how that is, man. I, but I was uh, thinking about you the whole time I was in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll start on. I will start with the line we all wish we could go back. This is a uh, top left panel of I don't know what page. <laughs> it's got uh, Raph and Mikey sitting together on the. Uh, they all have Raph and Mikey sitting together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one that's got the Bruce Lee poster in the background says "Enter the Dragon." Okay. And a bike, a guy on a BM, BMX or something. We gotta have, we gotta talk to playmates and give them our pitch for the Turtle Flakes variants. <laughs> That'd so be cool. just like just as a backdoor way to get a Rob figure, a Josh figure, a Jay Weezy figure, oh, and a Landon figure. So cool, so cool. Just be like, can you imagine just like the four of us having our own figures with Living our in the favorite turtles bandana on? Oh, that'd be <laughs> just great. Like in regular clothes, and all of our accessories will be pizzas and laptops. But the question is, who's Splinter? Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah. she'd be April. <laughs> oh yeah, she'd be April. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Thaddeus, Maddie, I like that. Be, uh, Thaddeus would be Splinter because yeah, I think yeah. he knows more than any of us. I think turtles. so, too. Probably. probably. Yeah, so. I, I, think, I think you got me beat on the turtle knowledge, but I think so. We're, we're, we're close. We're close. But I, think I would love to be. I would love to have me as a Rat King figure, actually. So yeah. Either yeah. Rat King or Casey Jones. If Nicole's April, I got to be Casey. So. That's true. So I get to be Rat King. I'll be Rob King. You'll be the Rob King. <laughs> oh, man. Rob King in the house. <laughs> That'll be Casey Josh. Oh, nice. Casey Josh. Ooh, that's a good nickname. You know what we should have is just, uh, you know, you and me as Bebop and Rocksteady variants. So. <laughs> you could be Rob hey, Bop. I'll be Rocksteady. Rob Bop, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I liked his page on Facebook, so I would like to... Uh, get a hold of Jim Lawson just especially considering how much him as a creator and the Turtles universe really inspired me oh, yeah. Uh, yeah you know I would love to uh, to get a hold of him and your interviews with him are my favorite episodes of Turtle Flakes oh thanks man you know I, <laughs> I really gushing over <laughs> yeah the, well that, you got the best of both worlds you got Jim Lawson an amazing creator and you got Rob Luther. <laughs> I was waiting for like a tagline there. It's just like, well, it's Rob Luth. No, just Rob Luth. It's all you need. A dab will do you. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, so it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome back. Speaking of Casey Josh, I gotta ask you. I always wondered this, and then we'll get back to the comic. Okay. Always wondered this. Who is doing the voice of uh, Casey Jones for your, you know, Hello Violators, this is the comic classroom? Oh, you know who that is? No, who Pat is that? Pat Fraley. No way. That's really? Pat Fraley, yeah. He did, um, the, he did the voice for him in the cartoon. Wow, man. He sounds nothing like... Craig, I know. Isn't that crazy? Because you can kind of tell Cam Clark did the voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady. Yeah. And you can kind of hear, I can't remember his name, but the voice actor who did Donatello and Bebop. Oh, um, Barry Gordon, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you cannot tell that Pat Frehley is doing Krang and Casey Jones. Very true. And you can you can even tell Splinter from... Um, Vernon. Vernon, yeah, uh, Pete Renaday. But you cannot yeah. tell those two, yeah. Yeah, he did. Which is uh, not a slight on those voice actors. Oh, no, no. Like, no. But just like they just sound so drastically different. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, <laughs> then you got Burn in there too. Like he did a whole slew of introductions for us. Uh, he did um, Krang. He did yeah. Burn. And he did Casey, uh, Casey Jones uh, all for us in one track. So I was like, what? So I love yeah. it. I love it. I wish I could, I wish I could voice act. <clears throat> I can't even try. I'm going to try Hello, well, yeah, that, hello yeah. violators. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. No. I think you could. I mean, like, you've definitely got like the Barry Manilow effect when you're just hello. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds incredibly inviting. I mean, it's just like, hello, violators. Yeah, hello, violators. <laughs> yeah. On, we were yeah. just talking about how this was a family-friendly podcast. Oh, yes, yes. So. yes here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what kept, that's what keeps playmates away from us. Just, that's nope, true. That's can't true. Do it. They, well, they listen to our blooper reel and go, oh, these guys are idiots. Man, these cronies <laughs> over here. We don't need any more cronies, you know. So, <laughs> so I, I changed my profile picture a couple days ago uh, just because it was a funny picture of Grayson playing video games with me and uh, Jay Weezy. And uh, <laughs> guess who liked it? Who? Courtney Eastman. No way. Yeah, she she likes a lot of uh, Grayson's photos. So I'm like, man, that's, how cool is that? <laughs> that? That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's... you got the creator of the Ninja Turtle comics' wife. Uh, liking my my son's photos, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I geek out over that. That's yeah, that is pretty cool, man. It yeah. Is is just how close knit certain things are in a weird way. It's yeah, just like, oh, very true. Very just true. how everything leads to something else. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and I think we have a really good rapport with Kevin. Like he remembered us. Um, Bj Han saw him at a convention. She dropped um, the Turtle Flakes. You know, she she mentioned us again. He's like, oh yeah, I love those guys. She she passed the message on to me. Yeah, Rob was awesome, and that dude who couldn't show up on time. Yeah, <laughs> he about he ruined was, it. No, yeah, <laughs> no. Apparently, yeah. According to you know, I guess every podcast needs a bebop. It's just like I'm here. No yeah. way, no way, no. Uh, I'll <laughs> tell you. But next time we have him on, um, it, it'll be good because I, I felt I felt always really guilty about that one because I feel like I dominated that interview, asked way too many questions, and didn't give you give you enough. And no, no, no. Next no, time, no. I want you to do it. I oh boy, <laughs> I had I mean I asked all the questions that I could think of at the time because I was so flabbergasted that we were gonna see Kevin, <laughs> and um, I mean I had bad I had terrible internet connection. We had a snowstorm a couple days before that interview, oh. and it took us a while because we kept losing power. And that weekend, that was such a bad weekend because like Nicole was in the hospital. Um, oh bless her! She I think had I remember have, that. Yeah, she had to have emergency stomach surgery. And then as soon as I got home from the hospital, our uh, water pump in our basement broke. So we had no water for like two days. Oh, gosh. In the house. And so 
which made going to the bathroom very interesting when we had three <laughs> feet of snow outside. Internet connections were crazy, and I couldn't keep the house heated. Ah. Oh. And the heat kept going on and off, and I had to figure that. I got it figured out eventually. And then, <laughs> and then I started a fire in our kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's I was one way cooking. to keep the house warm. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I just gotta do what you gotta do, man. Uh, I was making lunch for everyone in the kitchen, and I left a towel near the near the uh, stove, oh. and just a corner of a towel got into one of the burners, and just like, wow, what's going on in the kitchen? There's, there's smoke coming from there, and there's just a flaming towel on a hand towel on my stove. And I was oh, like, gosh. oh my god, we're gonna die, you know? <laughs> Get <laughs> so, out of the house. Yeah, so I I got everything under control, and a couple of days later, Nicole came home and completely took care of the house. She's like, "I can see now that I can never leave you. <laughs> I can never leave you in charge." So here, you know, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Oh, man, it's, isn't it amazing how how awesome our wives are? Uh, yeah, we we struck gold, man. We did, we did. Because I'll tell you, like, we ah. struck gold. They struck out, you know, so. <laughs> and we're not telling them. Of course, they probably already know. <laughs> they already know. But yeah, I, I just, I, I have so much respect for what Chris Beth does because she, she is so good with my son. I mean, she's just, she is an incredible mom. I knew she would be, but yeah. you know, just, just yesterday, you know, just thinking, because I, I, we work together a couple days out of the week, but uh, you know, yesterday I had to take Grayson to the sitters myself, and I had to go to work, cr- uh, coach. Go back, pick up Grace, and take him all the way back uh, home, which is about an hour, a little over an hour ride. And and he's just crying and everything. I'm like, golly, Chris Beth does this just about every day. And I'm thinking, man, what a woman, what a yeah. woman. But uh, yeah, Nicole is the same way. She is so much more patient than I am. Oh yeah, and just especially with the kids. Just like, uh, not that I'm like screaming or yelling at oh, them yeah, or anything like yeah. that, but it, it's just it's really hard because like some days. A baby will get out of bed, and you swear to God, they made the decision to just crap all over you, literally <laughs> and figuratively, all day. Just oh, be like, you God. see that guy? I'm going to make him miserable all day. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, and I don't know how, I still don't know how to handle that. Oh, but yeah. Nicole just does it without uh, without, without sweating. You know, she, what about she that? is so good with kids. And I am so good at buying something for a kid to get their mind off something. It's like, here's that toy you wanted. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I mean that that's me too. Like I, I feel of Chris Best, you know, super duper patient and stuff. So, uh, man, we 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 struck gold, like you said. Oh yeah, 